Welcome to Encounter. We want nothing more than to help you find and follow Jesus. If you're a college student in Central Illinois, join us Monday nights, ISU's campus. We'd love to see you there. Hey, everyone. Hi. <laughs> Man, that was good, right? Um, what a good reminder of uh, that God's presence is... Uh, is ultimately what we really want, uh, and to uh, declare victory. Um, so, uh, band, thank you for leading us in worship. That was great. Hey, y'all, my name's Robbie, uh, and I'm glad to be here with y'all tonight. I'm an alumni of this ministry and uh, grateful to uh, come and spend a little bit of time with you. And so, uh, Ben invited me to come and speak tonight uh, in the vein of miracles, which is uh, something we've been talking about this semester, and asked me to speak about miracles in the context of the story of Moses. And so, uh, we're going to jump into that tonight. And, uh, and so, as we do that, um, I'm going to push this fancy button, and I'm going to show you my really cool slides. Thank you. Thank you. I love great topography, and so... Um, uh, I'm pretty excited about this yellow font and that we were able to match the color. Thank you to my friend over here. All right. So um, the, big, the big question tonight is really what story do you want to tell? Um, what story do you want to tell with the life that uh, God has given you? Uh, and and in, in thinking about that, um, I, I, that, that question is one that I, I got to be honest, a lot of what I'm teaching on tonight, uh, I've been digitally discipled. Do y'all know what that means? Like, uh, this man right here doesn't know me, <clears throat> but boy, do I know him, uh, because I've spent a lot of time under his teaching. He's an incredible author, speaker, pastor. And so, uh, a lot of what I'm sharing tonight is from this book and this teaching series. And, and I put it up here up front. Uh, feel free to snap a photo because as you're going into Thanksgiving break and as you're going in, uh, to Christmas break, some of you know that you're going to have a little bit of more time and you're going to not be reading about like economics or whatever it is that you have to read right now. And, uh, and, and maybe some of you feel like you've got some really big decisions and your goal is to not have a lot of regrets. This is a really great teaching. And so if you're a, a reader, I encourage you to like hop on Amazon and, and buy that book. If you are a listener, it's a really great audible read. I love it when the author reads the book. I feel like you get extra content that way. And if you're a YouTuber, uh, there's a five-part series out on YouTube for free that you can go and listen to as well. And so a lot of what I'm teaching on tonight and some of these really great statements in these really cool slides aren't mine. The slides are mine, uh, but the, the cool statements are, are from him. And so uh, I encourage y'all to check that out as you're going into it. But um, when we think about writing stories with our lives, um, how do you maintain perspective in the middle of, of what's going on? I don't know about you all, but um, I'm, I'm 40 years old and, um, and, and at the age of 40, I'm, I'm like 20 years ahead of most of you. And, and I thought my life would be more figured out by now. <laughs> so, uh, spoiler alert, it's not. Uh, I mean, it is, and it isn't all at the same time. It's just a different set of circumstances and, and opportunities and obstacles. And, and y'all, I've got some things out ahead of me in 2023 that are, that are a bit scary. And I feel like God's opening doors, but I'm not really sure which way to go, left or right or up or down. And and now I don't just take steps of faith that only, uh, you know, it, it, that, that are just me. Like I'm stepping out with uh, a wife of 18 years and, and three kiddos and 
um, and a lot of lives that are impacted by the decisions that I make. And so when, I don't know about you all, but when I've got big weighty things uh, out in front of me, a big question or, you know, should I, should I, should I stay dating this person or should we break up? Should I change majors? Should I um, go student teach here or should I go the golden apple route or whatever it is, right? Like um, all of those things, I don't know about you all, but they fill my brain. (laughs) Anyone else? Like any white space that shows up, and even some that isn't supposed to be white space, like when you're supposed to be listening to me right now, you're actually not. You're thinking about the question, the, the obstacle or opportunity in front of you. And, and I get that. I've, I've been there. And, uh, and in those moments, I struggle to maintain perspective. I struggle to really see the story that God has been writing, is writing, and will continue to write. And, and so... Um, I'm right there with you all in this, and, and I want to just share some things I've been learning recently, and as I've, I dove into Moses' story, uh, hopefully it, it makes an impact for you as well, but um, a few of the things I've noticed about perspective um, is that, you know, f- since the beginning of time, the beginning of, of, of man, uh, one of the ways that God has gifted us and invited us into perspective, into the story that he's written, is through his creation. Have you all experienced this? There's something about, uh, and, and I went to unsplash.com and got all of these really lovely photos. These are not mine, okay? Um, but I'd like to go to all of these places. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you sit and look at the ocean and, and the enormity of it and the power of those waves, uh, it puts some things in perspective. Um, I, I'm a scuba diver. Um, anyone else scuba dive? All right, so... I'm a licensed uh, master scuba diver, which is crazy. And what's crazy is when you go below the surface of the water, y'all, there's a whole other world under there. It's amazing. And on the top, you just see this vast expanse, and it's powerful, and it's crazy, and it, and it just seems to go on forever. And underneath, there's just so much going on. And every time I'm down there, I'm just, you know, reminded of how small uh, I am and the things that are in front of me. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a massive perspective shift. The same when you go to the mountains and you see these giant things that are seemingly immovable. Uh, it, it makes what's going on in your life, uh, it just shapes it differently. We don't have those things in central Illinois. I don't know if y'all notice. Like our biggest hill is like a sledding hill on Jersey Avenue. Uh, it's it's, it's not, I call it Mount Jersey. Um, it's not quite that. Uh, but we do have skies. Am I right? Uh, we've got some skies, and thank goodness we've got some skies uh, and some trees uh, that are, you know, the cl- we don't have coasts and mountains, but um, each of those, you know, there's times, especially now, you know, at like 3.30 p.m. when it starts to be sunset, um, and we see these crazy colors in the sky, it, it just kind of does something to us that, that wakes us up to... Uh, uh, our, our size and, and the size of the things we're thinking about um, and, and trees. I don't know if y'all, uh, if you're looking for a resource in our community, uh, head north on 39 and get off at the Lake Bloomington exit and go find Merwin Nature Preserve. It's these really, it's acres of trails and forests that you can walk along and see the Mackinac River. And, um, and man, I see these giant oak trees and, um, and sometimes I've been going there since I was probably 16 years old and had a driver's license. And, and I go and I stand next to these giant oak trees and I acknowledge the fact that these were probably planted around the time of the Civil War. <laughs> these trees have seen a few things. They've been there a minute. 
and uh, they've, they've got these giant limbs and branches, uh, and, they're, and they're massively tall and massive around, and they've got three times that underneath in the root systems, and you realize, like, man, they've seen a lot. A lot of storms have come their way. A lot of uh, this world has changed in the time that they've been there, and they've, they've been there before I was born, and, and, and there's a good chance they'll be there after I'm no longer here. And so that, that puts me in perspective, and, and I'm grateful that God gives us these invitations. And, and even thinking about that song about his presence, often for me, his creation is an invitation for me to experience his presence, and it right-sizes the things that are going on in my life. And, and I'm sure you all know that, but I'm just reminding you of that. Um, other things that I've noticed that, that give perspective are, uh, is storytelling. Uh, and, and this happens most notably when we like get away as a group of friends or family. I love looking at a fire and the conversations that happen around a fire. Um, I, I think about at weddings and, and anniversaries and uh, birthday parties and, and, and even funerals, as strange as that is. Um, in those moments, there's something in our culture where we love telling stories. Uh, like, have, have any of y'all been to a wedding recently and the, the, you know, the, what's the maid of honor and what's the other guy? The best man, thank you, uh, goes up and they say some really awkward stories about like junior high version of the groom. And, and the poor decisions they made and the previous people they dated and whatever it is. And you hear that and then you hear the love story and how they met and how they're perfect for each other. And you're like, oh, yeah, I want that. I'm making bad decisions. Um, you know, and, and there's something about that that's really, uh, and even, you know, I, I remember being, sitting at my grandfather's funeral and hearing stories that people shared about him that I didn't know. And, and that man shaped my life in ways that I'm still uncovering and, uh, and it's amazing how that perspective shift uh, helped me better understand the story that was written for my dad, uh, that therefore was written for me, and the story that I'm writing for my kids. And, um, and so I love these. And there's something about food. Uh, sitting around a table with other people that naturally just brings out what's really going on, what's happening, what's happened. And, and, and y'all are, you know, getting ready to go back and spend some time in maybe some of these settings. And... Uh, and I encourage you to, to be aware of the opportunity, the invitation to get perspective, because uh, here's what I know is you're all, um, you're all right now uh, writing stories, but the thing that we struggle in the absence of perspective is acknowledging that our st- uh, stories are punctuated by miracles. Like our stories are punctuated by miracles. And, and hopefully as we dive in tonight uh, and look at the life of Moses, that'll, that'll make a little bit more sense. So uh, I found this really cool graphic up above, which influenced the, the font color. So thank you. Um, but you see that yellow line. It's, it's, it goes up and it goes down. And it's a roller coaster of, of this guy Moses' life. And um, What's fun about Moses is he's one of the, the Bible characters. Uh, for those of you who grew up in church, you probably heard several of the stories that happened in Moses' life. For those of you who didn't grow up in the church, you've probably heard several of the stories that show up in Moses' life because um, his story takes a whole book of the Bible, uh, the, the book of Exodus. And his story is referred to throughout the rest of the Bible um, and his story is actually in three of the world's great religions, uh, in Judaism, in, um, uh, wow, thank you, in, in, in the Muslim religion and in Christianity. Wow, there it is. Okay, so uh, his story is really well known. 
Um, but as he was living it, he didn't know his story. Right? Just like you as you're living your story, you don't really, you're unaware of what's really happening. And so as we zoom in, I just want to take a look at some of these points. And so imagine, if you will, that um, Moses needs a vacation. Okay? A little biblical imagination here. Moses needs a vacation, and he's going to go on a plane ride. And have you ever all been wanting to go on a plane ride, and you, you look at your tickets with the other people you're traveling with, and you realize that you're actually sitting at a different seat and in a different row than them, and you're kind of relieved because you didn't really want to talk to them anyway? And you, you downloaded a really, the, the, the new, like, you, you got a you, pirated version of the new Black Panther movie. And, um, and you're like, no one does that. Um, and, and you're sitting down and you're just like, I just want to put my AirPods in and zone out and eat those really weird wafer cookies and just like have a little space. And, and so I just imagine Moses just needing a little space, just needing a vacation because life's been stressful. And, uh, and so he's going to Maui, y'all, and he sits down, and, and sure enough, he sits next to Roger. You guys know Roger. Roger's a talker. Roger doesn't want you to watch your movie. Roger doesn't want you to have your me time. Roger wants you to talk and to get to know each other better for the entirety of your trip, right? Uh, have you all ever been there? Maybe some of you are Roger, okay? Um, if you aren't, uh, or if you've never heard of that, you're him, okay? And, uh, and so Moses sits down, and he's like uh, just ready to get his, he's trying to find his AirPods, and all of a sudden Roger looks over and goes, hey, I'm Roger. And Moses is like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm Moses. Oh, that's a cool name. Thanks. And, and, and then Roger's like, so wh- where are you going? Um, I'm just catching a flight uh, to Chicago so then I can uh, go to, to Maui. Maui. Wow. That's exciting. I'm going to Detroit. Anyone else going to Detroit? Detroit. Woo! All right. Okay. So uh, that's cool. Okay, cool. So what are you going to Detroit for? Out of a, a, obligation, he now has to engage him in conversation, right? And he's like, well, I've got a conference. It's, it's the central uh, mid-America blah, blah, automobile conference. And so, like, cool. So what are you going to Maui for, work or pleasure? And, uh, and Moses is like, um, a p- pleasure, pleasure, I guess. Yeah, need a vacation, do you? I do <clears throat> need a vacation from you. And, um, and then uh, eventually Moses kind of wakes up to what's happening and realizes, because if you know anything about Moses, you know that he is a guy who has spent time in the presence of God. And so he realizes he needs to put the airbag thing closed, put it back in his backpack, and engage Roger in communication. And so uh, why do you need a vacation? Well, Roger, life's been a bit stressful. Really? Why is that? Do tell. Okay, Roger. Well, um, you know what? I will tell you this story. Uh, in fact, I have this lovely PowerPoint with a timeline that I'm going to walk you through. And, um, and so here it goes. Uh, Roger, I, I grew up in Egypt. Oh, you're Egyptian? No. No, I'm not, actually. Um, see, my great-great-grandfather, Joseph, did this thing. Never mind. So I grew up in Egypt. I'm not Egyptian. I'm actually uh, Jewish. I'm Hebrew. I'm an Israelite. I'm, uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, I grew up in Egypt. And in fact, I was born into a pretty stressful situation. 
that's why you need a vacation. Yes, sir, that's why I need a vacation. Um, Because I was born into a situation where... uh, it turns out that the Egyptian people didn't really like uh, the Hebrews. We'd grown to be so great in number that they were nervous that we would overthrow their government and their rule. And so they actually enslaved our people. And so I was born into slavery in Egypt. Oh, well, that's not good. No, it's not uh, good. And, um, and, and obviously, uh, I didn't know what I was being born into, but I actually, it, it, gets, it gets worse than that. I was born into a, a season of time where the population of our people had grown so much that they, they, they enforced some population control. And Pharaoh edicted that uh, all uh, male children uh, should be killed. Yeah, it just got real with Roger, didn't it? And, um, and I was born then. And so my mom did her best uh, to hide me until she no longer could because of the responsibilities on her. And um, in an act of desperation... Uh, she, she put me in a basket and sent me down a river hoping, hoping beyond hope that someone might find me and, and, and give mercy to me and give me a second chance at life because she knew if I stayed with her, I most surely would be killed. And as I floated down that river, as I'm told, uh, because my older sister kind of trailed along and watched, uh, a woman uh, found me in the river and came and got me and scooped me up. And in that moment, she made a decision that I can't even begin to understand, but she made the decision to take me in as her own, knowing full and well that I was likely a Hebrew child. Um, And and in that moment, my older sister stepped forward and was like, "Uh, I know someone you can help. And here's the crazy thing, Roger. Um, My life, uh, this was like miracle number one. Uh, Not only was I scooped out of a raging river, uh, and saved in that moment, I was also able to be restored to relationship with my mom. And she nursed me until I was able to go and spend time uh, and go to my adoptive mom. And so I, I got the best of both worlds. I, I was given the history and the love of my uh, birth mother, but I was also given all of these incredible opportunities in Pharaoh's home. I was treated as a prince. I was given an education, the best food, uh, the best experiences and opportunities. I, I spent time with leaders of foreign nations. I, it was an incredible upbringing. All the while, I was well aware of my heritage. And so I was a child in conflict, but it was internally because I couldn't let other people know. And then until one day, this conflict came to a bubbling point for me. I forgot my slides, Roger. I'm sorry. Hold on. Okay, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. Yes. Okay. Oh, let's go back. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, so uh, until this one point where uh, I saw a Hebrew slave being beaten uh, viciously by a slave master, an Egyptian slave master. And there was something inside of me at that moment, all that conflict that was happening in me, my nature, my nurture was just like erupting and I just lost it. I reacted. I did not thoughtfully respond in that moment. And I reacted and Roger, uh, the I haven't shared this with a lot of people, but somehow I feel really close to you right now, Roger. And um, I actually, Roger, this is one of the biggest mistakes in my life. This is like massive regret for me. Um, Things got heated and, and things got out of control. And Roger, I ended up killing that man. 
And, and as I sat there, uh, just my heart racing out of its chest and blood on my hands, I realized that my whole world is about to change. And I, and I went through all of the options. I'm just reacting at this point in time, trying to decide what to do next. And in that moment, I decided that I either have option A, I can go back home and deal with the consequences of this, but likely bring shame and pain and hurt and potentially death upon me and upon my family uh, because of what I've done, or I could run. And in my 19-year-old brain, that was the best thing I could come up with, and so I ran, which ultimately... Uh, hurt just as many people, um, abandoned tons of people left to deal with the mess that I had left. And, but I ran, and, uh, and I ran into uh, the desert. And, and so um, I don't know how much you know, Roger, <clears throat> about the desert and about Egypt, but uh, I happen to have this satellite image here on my phone. And, um, and so Egypt was this really uh, lush, fertile land along the Nile River. Uh, but when I ran, uh, I ran to the east into the desert. And, and, I, just, and, I, and I ran until I, uh, I came across uh, a group of people and a really kind man who took me in and mentored me and gave me opportunities and gave me food and shelter. And eventually, um, uh, actually, I became part of his family because I fell in love with his daughter. And we started a family and... Um, I had I had a whole nother life, and and this is this is crazy. I, I, I did I didn't think that I would ever go back. Uh, in fact, I had zero plans of ever going back. Um, but I'd I'd kind of resigned myself to this is what I was going to be doing. Uh, was I, I spent twenty years leading sheep in the desert, helping them find water and food, and keeping them safe and helping uh, provide the best life that I could for them uh, in a way to honor uh, my father-in-law who took me in and, uh, and provide for my family. And, um, and then, uh, if, you're, if you're, you know, not quite aware, um, things kept being bad back at home. And it turns out my people were crying out. They were crying out to this, these stories that they had heard their entire lives about this God of Jacob, this God of Isaac and Abraham, this God that had moved once and they are wondering, God, might you move again? And, and unbeknownst to me, they were crying out uh, for someone to deliver them. And then one day in the wilderness, I came across, Roger, this is about to get even weirder than what I've already shared with you. I came across this, this bush that was on fire but wasn't burning. Uh, so a bush that's on fire that wasn't burning. Yes, Roger, a bush that was on fire that isn't burning. Kind of like a candle where the wick is on fire, but the, the wick itself isn't burning. Except then it talks to me. The bush on fire that wasn't burning talked to you. Yes, Roger. Uh, it talked to me and it spoke to me. And, and it was an angel uh, of Yahweh speaking to me and telling me who I am telling me what I've become and what I'm becoming and, and, and telling me that God is going to use me and he wants to use me, a shepherd, in the middle of the desert to go and set uh, his people free. And I gave him every excuse and every reason why that can't possibly be a great plan. And uh, yet he won me over. And eventually it was so hard to deny what was happening. Um, I made the decision to leave my family 
and to go back and to be obedient to this. Yes, Roger, to be obedient to this bush that was on fire that wasn't on fire. Okay. And so uh, the next thing I know, I, I end up back in Egypt. I reunite with my brother Aaron, and I reunite with the elders of our tribe, and I share with them what God had told me to do. And this scared them to death. Uh, they've been crying out for a deliverer, but they were hoping for like an army, not the guy who killed someone and ran away. And, um, but I told them what God had, had instructed me to do, and, um, and they tried to stop me, but I took steps forward. And, and Roger, maybe you've heard this story before about the crazy things that happened in Egypt. And he's like, wait a second, you're that Moses? Yes, Roger, I'm, I'm that Moses. Yeah, you do need a vacation, man. That's crazy. Um, and, and so, and maybe y'all know this story as well, but a lot of crazy stuff happened with like plagues of frogs and uh, gnats and uh, plagues that killed their livestock and, and hail and boils on skin and uh, locusts. And the, one time, uh, even the, the sun turned dark in the middle of the day and just some really crazy things and some really, honestly, uh, Roger some really horrible things, things that I didn't want to happen. I, every, at every turn I went to Pharaoh and said, please just let my people go. Uh, but it's like, it's like someone who's in power only knows how to respond to evil and, and death and destruction. And, and, and I just hate that this is part of my story, but eventually uh, Pharaoh did let us go after much pain and much hurting and much sorrow and much death. Um, and eventually, you, you've heard this story, we, we, we left and we crossed uh, the Red Sea and, and God parted the seas. And he's like, did that really happen? Roger, it really happened. Just like the burning bush. Uh, I can't make this stuff up. It happened. And all of a sudden, uh, I'm, I'm back uh, leading uh, people in the desert, and I'm now responsible for teaching them how to find water and food and how to stay safe. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm charged with instructing them on this God that uh, wants what's best for them. And, uh, and, and, I, and he gave me these like over 600 rules to share with them because he loved them so much. He wanted them uh, to truly live and then I just, I picture Roger is like, wait, 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 wait. So if I'm hearing this right, Moses, you were raised in a home uh, where you had both uh, the history and the awareness of the plight of the Israel people and um, you were given every opportunity and you were trained and educated and, and, and were given opportunities to spend time in the front of leaders. And then uh, you made a really bad mistake. And that bad mistake ultimately caused a lot of hurt and pain, but it led you out into the desert where you were uniquely trained on how to lead sheep to find water and food and shelter and safety in the desert. And then eventually God calls you back to stand in front of kings, to represent both your heritage and to speak into the world that you knew so well and to set your people free and then to lead them back into the desert where you were uniquely trained. You know, Roger, that's a really good perspective. I haven't thought of it like that. Yeah, 
That's kind of nuts, isn't it? And uh, scene. Okay. All right. So Roger's done. Thank you. Um, okay. And, and I share that story, and I want to kind of lay our stories over the top of it, because that story is punctuated by miracles, and so is each of ours. Here's what I know to be true. Like, each of you uh, were, were put into a situation as a child that has shaped you, for better or for worse. Uh, good environments and really hard environments, obstacles and opportunities. And I guarantee you, if you look back over your story, there are miracles there that have got you, for some reason, in this room today right? And then as you go on through life, you made some mistakes and you experienced some consequences, but you've learned from those mistakes. You've gained empathy from those mistakes. You've set up boundaries because of those mistakes. Somewhere along the way, someone showed up in your life and told you who you were that you didn't even know was possible. And they believed in you and they gave you opportunities and they spoke into you. And then all of a sudden you, you, you wake up and, and, and you've experienced moments where you've walked into a room and realized I'm uniquely gifted, called, uh, trained for this moment. And, and you've already experienced that even in your 20s. Uh, this, is, this is true. Um, and so as I look at perspective, I realize there's really three types of people. And so as I go through this, I want you to kind of self-identify here. There are people uh, who are wired uh, for looking at the past. This is my 13-year-old daughter, Kelsey. Um, she's just got like a steel trap of a memory. She remembers every little detail. Uh, anytime we're like, I don't remember. Did we go there? She's like, yeah, we went there in April, right before we went here. And we went there with the so-and-so when we drove this van. And remember, we ate at McDonald's and I had a cheeseburger. And you're like, what? How do you remember that? And she remembers stuff from our story, from my wife and I's story, prior to her even being born, because she's heard other people tell the stories. And she remembers that too. And I am so grateful for these people who, are, who just have that kind of memory and, and are able to go back and, do you remember when and do you remember when? And, uh, and, and man, I'm so grateful for those people. There are some people who have the gift of presence and they are like able to be right here, right now, uh, embracing all that life has to offer. These are the people that are so much fun. And they're just like, I don't know, the car broke down, let's go to Sonic. And you're like, yes, ah, my car's still broken down. That's all right, we'll fix that. We'll learn how to change a tire. And you're like, cool. These are also the people that when really hard things happen, walk right in to grief and are like, I am so sorry for what you're walking through. This sucks. I am here with you. And you're like, oh my gosh, I am so grateful for people of presence. And then there are people who are futuristic. And this is me. I'm, I am more comfortable two years from now than I am today. And, and I can see where we're going and what's possible and, and how we can make some connections to make that happen. And I can sit down with people and be like, oh, I can hear your story. And I can be like, this is where you're going. You're wired for this. You should do this. Woo! There it is, Austin. Sorry, I always do that. Um, and so uh, I'm grateful for these different groups of people. Um, but with each one of these, there's also a downside. Um, yes, the people who are wired to, to kind of think about the past and remember where you've been, these people also maybe want to hold on to the past and are, are, are not uh, eager to change. Uh, they're a little bit reluctant. Um, they can't move into things that they haven't seen before. And, and so there, there's maybe a lot of fear there. Uh, the people who have presence 
Um, I'm super grateful for them as well, but sometimes they lack context. They, f- they just forget, and they just don't ever have a plan forward or backward, and, and, uh, and so they, they, they maybe struggle with that a little bit. And then for, for us futuristic folks, I'm so far in the future that I'm ready to crowbar doors open and walk through them, and I am like dragging my wife and children along. And here's the deal. God's been faithful to all of these people in all of those ways, but one of the gifts that he has given us for perspective is each other. And so I, I, I share all of this with you because whoever you are and wherever you are on this spectrum, you need the others in your life. One of the greatest gifts that God has provided us is this community that you've got in your life, both here, at home, whatever it is. And so uh, one of my favorite statements, and again, I'm not smart enough to have made this up myself, but show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Y'all, who are you spending time with? Are you surrounded with people who maybe offset your wherever you land on that spectrum? Because you need all of them to help you make wise decisions and have fewer regrets. To help you acknowledge, like, I can't imagine the perspective that Aaron gave uh, to Moses in the middle of all of this. I can't imagine the perspective that his father-in-law gave him as he was like, we need each other in this. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Y'all, who do you have around you? And are you the type of friend who uses however you're wired to bless and, and bring perspective in the lives of other people? This is one of the greatest gifts that we have. Uh, you are the people that you spend the most time with. Like, this is who you're becoming. Who are you becoming? Who do you have around you? Maybe it's time for you to invite some people back into your life or to invite some new people in or to uninvite some people who are, who are pulling you in a direction that you know you're ultimately not supposed to go. Um, don't miss the opportunity that's coming up with the breaks that we've got to invest um, your time And so you've got some breaks coming up where you're going to be around some people who know your story, some people who can speak into you. Uh, And what I've seen all too often is people go home and they either just veg out or they uh, go right back into their social group that they had before and they miss the opportunity to sit down with their grandmother or grandfather with that crazy aunt at Thanksgiving, with, uh, with your parents, uh, the blessings and curses that those parents have brought into your life. Those people um, have perspective. And because I, y'all are just in a stage of life where you all have stuff right here in front of your faces. Big decisions that are going to dramatically impact the life that you've got. Um, don't miss the opportunity to gain some perspective as you go home. And one of the myths that exists out in the world right now is that uh, these are just your decisions and they don't really affect other people. Um, but that's just not true. Our, our private decisions ultimately have public impact, and we've all seen that. Um, so here's this statement. Your decisions determine the direction and quality of your life. Your decisions determine the direction and the quality of your life, and not just your life, of other people's life as well. So what decisions are you making? And and even as I start talking about this, I know that some of you are like, but Robbie, I am being forced right now to have to make decisions about my life that I don't even want to make. People in my life have made some really dumb decisions and I'm having to suffer those consequences. They have hurt me. They have abandoned me. They have abused me. 
I also know that some of you are in a spot where you've made some really dumb decisions. And you feel stuck and you feel weighed down by those. And y'all, I feel like tonight uh, God is inviting you uh, to either react or respond. And I think he's inviting you to respond. And I think, I think the world is inviting you to react. Um, and here's, here's I'm going to talk about this a little bit. Uh, a thoughtful response always creates a better path forward than a reaction. Have you noticed that? A thoughtful response always creates a better path forward than a reaction. Like when I, when I think back over my life, I've made some really dumb mistakes. Um, and, and when I react and try to cover those up, uh, it doesn't usually go well. But when I slow down and am thoughtful about my response, even the worst of situations gets better. But I, without people in my life, without God's presence in my life, without perspective, that thing is right here in front of me and I just want to fix it. I just want to solve it. I just want to get past it. I just want it to be over. And I am prone to just react and make really, to make bad situations worse. Like, I'll be honest, in my life, I have apologized for more reactions than I'd like to count. And I bet you have as well. If you really go back over your life and you think about the times when you've had to go back with your head down and like, and apologize to people, uh, it's because of how you reacted. It's rarely because of how you thoughtfully responded. Am I right? Thoughtful responses make the best possible uh, path forward out of some really hard circumstances. And so... um, when I, when I think about this stage of where we're at, don't miss the opportunity um, to surround yourself with people who can provide you perspective, to surround yourself, to get outside of your current view and to be reminded of the enormity of what's really going on and who you are and whose you are. Um, when I lay my life over the story of Moses, y'all, I... Um, the things that I am walking into right now, like even tonight, I'm a little bit fancier than normal, okay? Uh, because right before tonight, um, I was like, I, Ben asked me to speak, and then two days later, I got an email from the city of Bloomington uh, that asked me to come to the city council meeting tonight and to receive an award. Um, yeah, hey, cool, thank you. <laughs> um, and here's the thing that's just nuts. Um, when I was a kid... Uh, someone told me that I, I had a gift for creating spaces for people to connect with each other and connect with God. And I began trying to figure out what that meant and exercise that gift. And as a like, junior hire, I was like drawing floor plans and designing buildings. And I was just really wired that way, but didn't know how I would ever work or what that would look like. And then my junior year in high school, the summer after my junior year, I went and I spent uh, a summer out at a Young Life camp in uh, Colorado and uh, thank you, Young Life's awesome. And, um, and this really cool camp called Crooked Creek. And I got to be there in 1999 uh, building the camp. Like I, I worked there building the camp. And I realized how amazing it is to, to create spaces for people to connect with each other and connect with God. Here's what's nuts. I didn't have perspective at that time to fully understand what that would do in me. How that would begin to plant a seed in me that would would somehow uh, bring about fruit in my life later. 
Uh, so much so that last week I was sitting in this room as Dr. Cedric Williams, one of my good friends, was sitting up here, and he was sharing his story. And do you remember what he said happened his junior year of high school? He went to a young life camp, and he heard the gospel, and he gave his life to Christ. That young life camp he went to was Crooked Creek that I built three, helped build three years before that. And until last week, I didn't know the perspective of how God had used that little act of obedience to bring about beauty. And that man is changing people's lives all over the country through the work that he's doing. And I played a small role in creating a space and an environment for him to hear the gospel that week. That's nuts. And fast forward, I, I go to college and I somehow like hobble together this bachelor's degree in Bible and theology with a minor in landscape design and construction management. Like what in the world? And I remember sitting in this room and playing drums on this stage and just like, God, how in the world are you going to put these things together? I just so badly want to be used to do this, but I don't know what that looks like. I, I, don't, I don't know how to go to school to build young life camps. I don't know how to do it. And I, I fall in love, I get married, and I, I work as a landscape designer and an interior designer, and that's not quite it. And I go into education, and I help start a school, and all of a sudden, I, I got to build a school building that looked different for kids who needed school to look different. Okay, this is cool. I think I'm wired for this. All right, God, thank you. And all of a sudden, I'm, I have to go every month, like the first Monday night of every month, I had to go sit in a school board meeting. Ugh. Oh my gosh, they're talking about tax levies and bonds and uh, the fiscal responsibility and adult things. And I was like, what am I doing here, God? This makes no sense. I, I don't even want to be here anymore. And I'm so ready to go do something different. And then uh, it's nights like tonight that are just crazy. Um, because five years ago, six years ago, I fell in love with an, an empty building in our community. 36,000 square feet. And I was just like, God, I think this could, this could be something amazing. And I was working as like a web design uh, executive of a company here in town, not in the world of <laughs> this at all. And I just fell in love with this building. And I started bringing people to it and going like, what could you do here? You want to do a wedding venue? You want to you like throw axes? You want to do some apartments? Like, you want to start a church? What could we do in this building? And eventually one of the guys who was involved was like, hey, have you ever thought about getting a real estate license? I was like, no. He's like, I think you should get your real estate license. And I think you should help my company uh, redeem old buildings like this and and let's let's i think this could be a lot of fun and i think you're wired for it i was like okay and um and i ended up making that decision and and going down that road and and then tonight uh i was given an award uh from the city of bloomington a beautification award for that building um, that God has uh, used me and a bunch of other people in my life to redeem and restore and provide one of the coolest uh, work environments in our community for people that I love who are now renting space in it. And, we're, and, and we believed at that moment like God could use this building to redeem and restore and start a chain reaction to redeem other buildings that can, can bring life and hope into our downtown. And, uh, and y'all, I'm building places and spaces for people to connect with each other and connect with God. And I never saw it as being possible. So <laughs> I share that with you um, because uh, someday, whatever it is you are like right here, right now, whatever it is that is like absorbing all of your thoughts and all of your white space and, and the problem that you can't solve or the thing that you just can't figure out or the thing you want so bad, but you don't know how to make it true. Someday, this is just going to be a story that you tell. You're going to be sitting on a plane next to Roger 
And when they ask what you're doing, you're going to get to share little two-sentence clips of your story that all make sense that has led up to where you are at that moment. Um, And so uh, this question is is my question for you. Uh, Someday this is just going to be a story that you tell. What story do you want to tell? Because we all have decisions to make. To respond thoughtfully (laughs) or to react. And y'all, I feel like uh, Jesus is inviting you uh, to co-author this story with him because he's writing it either way, right? <laughs> like if Moses' story is true, if my story is true, which I believe it is, it's all punctuated by miracles. Um, but it's a lot more fun when you invite him in and you accept his invitation in to write this story together. And so again, um, someday the things that are on your brain and on your heart and on your mind right now are just going to be a story that you tell. What story do you want to tell? Don't miss the opportunity to lean into the relationships around you in this room, outside of this room, in your homes, when you go home on break. Don't miss the opportunity to lean into great wisdom and teaching um, and and to make better decisions with fewer regrets. Uh, I'm excited for what God's doing in you because if I'd have known what he would do with my hopes and my dreams and my random gifts and the things about me when I was sitting in this seat when I was your age. I, I, I just didn't think he could do it. I mean, I sang the songs. And I, and, I, and I said it with my mouth, but I didn't fully believe that he can do it. And y'all, he can. And he will. And he is. Would you stand and let me pray? Jesus, we are so grateful for your faithfulness. We are so grateful for your, thank- for your faithfulness, God. You have gone before us. Uh, you're behind us. You are with us right now. Holy Spirit, we can't have perspective on our own. We need you. We need you. Would you come and give us eyes to see? Eyes to see the people you've put in our lives. Eyes to see the beauty and the vastness of your creation that remind us of of the reality of what we're walking through. God, would you give us the guts to trust you? To trust what you say. To trust that you've got an incredible story that you want to write with us. God, we can't do that on our own. We can't make these decisions on our own. Father God, we can't. On our own, we react. But by your Spirit, we thoughtfully respond. God, would we be a people who thoughtfully respond? Would would that be the way that we bring light into the dark places on this campus and into the context that we go home to over break? Would we be salt to bland food, Father God? The, The way that we respond thoughtfully would would draw people in to this life that you've offered us. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you do incredibly more than we could ask or imagine? We believe you will.
We believe you are. And we want to step out. Would you meet us when we do? Jesus, we ask all of this in your name because you rose from the grave. And anything is possible if you rose from the grave. Amen. Thanks for listening. Find out more about Encounter and ways to get involved at isuencounter.org.